0: Napa Know How. At Napa Auto Care Centers, you'll get a $75 prepaid visa card when you spend $250 on Napa brake parts, which is cause to celebrate. Because normally the sound of screeching brakes means your bank account's about to take a hit. But getting $75 back makes that hit not so bad. Quality parts installed by the pros. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 6-30-19. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast, presented by 18Birdies. This is the Open Championship Podcast Preview. It's a long one, but it is jam-packed and full of goodness. Let's get right to it. All right, golf addicts, what's up? Welcome to the Tour Junkies Podcast. Good to be back. DB here, coming off vacation. This is a jam-packed podcast. We have so much information for you on this one. Carnoustie requires a lot of research. The Open Championship requires a lot of data. We've got some phenomenal information from you, including some stuff from a PGA Tour caddy who's been on the golf course, the superintendent from the course. Uh, We read something on. We've got some stuff to share with you there. We've got all kind of stuff to talk about in terms of building your lineups. We've got some fantastic, fantastic Course research that we've done. All right, it's just great. We're gonna give you GPP favorites, cash locks, fades, all the goodness. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Pat is in a different place. The last 20 minutes of this episode, it's a lot of fun. It's quite hilarious. Uh, If you can't stay on for the full episode, at least like fast forward to like those last. It's just good stuff. Pat is in rare form. As always, presented by 18Birdies, go ahead and download the app right now. Put in Junkies, all one word, all lowercase, in the promo code. You get one free year of premium access after you play your first nine holes. It's the best golf app we know of in the business. If you play real golf, that's where you need to go. Let's get to it. The Open Championship Week from Carnoustie. We're pumped. We hope you're pumped. May your screens be green. Let's go. They see me rollin', be hating. Pat and Moose hating on DB all day. They see me rollin', they hating. But I'm back for the open at Carnest Day, Uh uh uh. Yeah yeah. DB's back, all you motherfuckers.
1: Yeah yeah. What up, P? What's up? Wow. That is that is not at ex- all how I thought you were going to open the show. But welcome Amen. back, welcome back, David. I, I am
0: all about keeping you on your toes. Yeah, thank you. I'm all about keeping you on your toes, man. I felt inspired right when you said, "Let's roll, let's let's get it going." And so I just i hit i hit that, you know, and I came up with that rap all on my own. So Tony Finau, native area, freestyled on the Tour Junkies podcast, and then I just freestyled. So. It's, uh, it's pretty gangster stuff. It's a pretty gangster episode because it's the Open Championship from Carnoustie. It is the third major of the 2017-2018 PGA Tour season. Myself, Pat Perry, we're ready to break it down, man, and I'm glad to be back. You know, you had a week last week without me. Um, you had Moose on the show. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about last week because it was the John Deere, but I was happy to sit it out, and I looked forward to listening I enjoyed you and Moose. I feel like you and Moose also enjoyed the sauce a little bit too much last week. You boys were uh, were pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty inebriated towards the end of that show. A lot of speech being slurred. And uh, it was a good time. It was a good listen. I have no idea who you picked. I was just listening for crazy stuff, and uh, it did not disappoint. So well done. And good. You know what, Pat? I'm going to start the show off complimenting you. Good oh, job you hosting the show. Yeah. Yeah. Good job hosting the show, man. I thought you did a really, really nice job. You've only done that a couple of times in the nearly three years we've been doing this. But I thought you did a very nice job. And you dealt with Moose, who was a tough guest because he's all over the place. He's like ADD.
1: Yeah, it was, it was tough. But I you know, appreciate that. It was one of those things... Where um, I'm always uncomfortable being the host because I, I know you do that mostly, but but I actually felt like I did a pretty pretty good job. We had fun. We had that was really all I cared about was just us having fun. Yes, we certainly had too much of the podcast juice, but we gave out some pretty good picks, and um, you know we, we had a good time on the show. But but I missed you, David. I did. I missed you. It's, it's nice having mm-hmm. you back. And and uh, I'm ready, ready for a big show tonight. Ready to talk the Open Championship. And uh will
0: be fun. Yeah, well, it's you know it's good to be back. Now next week you will actually be out. So for the guy who left the review about how much he hated me and you held the show together, hopefully he doesn't listen uh, next week because he's really going to be pissed. So you're out next week on vacation, and um, you know it, it should be should be a good time. Mystery guest host to be determined. So you will want to stick around? I bet it's going to be pretty good though. Uh, I feel good about that. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, speaking of Moose, what a generous guy. we got to hit this real quick. Throwing out the old, uh, the old one-year free Fantasy National membership, potentially, to guys who sign up for a membership over at FantasyNationalGolfClub.com slash TJ. If you don't sign up at FantasyNationalGolfClub.com slash TJ, you don't. It doesn't count. So uh, if you don't currently have access, you can even sign up just for this week and try it out and see what you think. It is the best place to go for the stats, the all the good stuff. Is it Fantasy National? That's what we use. It's fantastic, and the users over there have won already over a million dollars. I think it's over like three million dollars at this point. I don't know something big. They, they, a lot of people over there are winning a lot of money, and Moose has done a great job with the site. You guys talked about it a lot last week. And, yeah, so we are going to pick a winner at the end of this week to see who gets the one free year. Um, So, again, if you don't have current access, you can sign up through FantasyNationalGolfClub.com slash TJ, and uh, and you're in. Or if you've already done that and you say, guys, what's up? What's up? I've already done that. You know, uh, then all you have to do is go to iTunes and screenshot you leaving us an iTunes review, hopefully four or five stars, and honest, and uh, tweet that at us, send that to us, and then you're in if you're already a Fancy National Golf Club member. We did have a few people do that last week. I appreciate that. We had some good ones last week, some funny ones. I'll <laughs> save, I'll save the one for for another podcast because we've got a lot to cover here. But there was one that was very, very funny. It was um, hilarious,
1: but yeah, we need to save yeah. that one.
0: And I mean, listen, I'll be honest right now of the people who have sent us a screenshot that have formally signed up and the people who uh, signed up last week, your chances of winning are like one in 30 or 40 right now. So there's not a ton of people doing it. You got a good chance to win a free year. I would take advantage. Anything else you think uh, we need to hit on that? You were here for that last week and I want to make sure I hit all those, hit all those bases there.
1: No, you you hit that really well. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm I'm impressed because you know I didn't. I, didn't I do know my research was, here, Pat. Yeah, you did. I do you my did research. Good, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was um, it was nice of Moose to do, and and so yeah. Let's uh, get those reviews in. Sign up. It's just, I mean, you don't even need a contest to sign up for that site anyway. So it's just nah. fantastic. So,
0: Pat, let's talk about the schedule for the week. The Open Championship. Obviously, you got to be aware that the lineup lock is going to occur in the middle of the night on Wednesday evening, uh, early into the hours of Thursday here, especially over here for the East Coasters. Um, What what we have going on is this. We want to do something on Wednesday night uh, to kind of help everybody out. We are going to be in the Roto Grinders premium chat room at 8.30 p.m. as always. We'll be in there for an hour. But other than that, um, me and Pat want to do something – Pat, we haven't even really talked about this beyond that we want to do something. But here's what I think: I think we'll end up doing. I think we're going to do a Facebook Live with me and Pat as presenters. You can do that, even if you're not in a different Pat. I know this is like mind blowing technology this for is, you. This you is, yeah, I've yeah what? that you would think like NASA came up with. But
1: how is this going to happen? I mean, yeah. is this some sort of magical? It's you know, the beauty of the internet. you sell yourself to the devil to have this? Like to to, so that we were able to do this just for the Open Championship.
0: Yeah, me and Mark Zuckerberg. Mark's a big fan of the show. He listens all the time, so uh, he kind of hooked it up. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, so um, we are we're going to do. I think we're going to do a Facebook Live. You will need to stay tuned on Twitter. We'll give you; it'll be like Wednesday evening at some point. Uh, but you'll want to stay tuned on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. It's at tour underscore junkies. And if you don't like Twitter and you hate tweeting, no worries. You don't have to like tweeting you can just follow us and pay attention to what we do and then you'll be good um so pay attention on twitter to find out when that's all going to happen also go to facebook and like us we have a page on facebook a lot of you don't know that but we have a page just tour junkie search that we're in there like us on facebook follow us there and uh we'll also announce when all that's going down on wednesday night so that way like me and pat can be split screened Facebook Live will be able to take comments and questions from all of you guys, talk about the Open, because a lot is going to change probably, possibly, Between now and then, Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that here in just a few minutes. So you're going, if if there's any tournament all year that things can change so quickly, it is the Open Championship, and especially at Carnoustie, um, you're going to hear a little bit about that. You you want to be prepared on Wednesday night. We'll have a much better grasp on ownership, on GPP plays, pivots, chalk, all that stuff. We're only going to be guessing tonight as we're recording this on Monday evening over uh, in in. On East Coast time. So you'll want to make sure you get you catch that. Also on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday afternoon, Ash Morrison, our resident European tour expert. Ash lives over there in the UK, um, knows his stuff, writes an article for us every week over on One Groove Low, which is our blog page on tour He'll be giving you all of his insight, which you really want to pay attention to. Ash knows these, especially the Euros better than anybody and really knows Carnoustie. So you'll, you're going to want to read that. That's free on tourjunkies.com. Free, Pat. Not not almost free. Free. And then, finally, the chalk bomb is going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge. I think this
1: will be the biggest one of the year.
0: It's going to be chalked full of information, Ben has been preparing for this thing for a long time. We've we've started kicking around some things that are going to be in the Chalk Bomb. Another free piece of content. If you're not already subscribing to the Chalk Bomb, shame on you, and you need to get in on that. And how do you do that, Pat? Pat? Yes. H- how do you subscribe to the Chalk Bomb? Did you not hear me ask you that question?
1: Oh, sorry. Um, Gee, I was, I was, what are you doing? I was pouring some podcast juice. Usually My you talk God. about that. Usually you go into the how to do it. So I, I was just kind of letting you do your thing. Yeah, so um, if you want to subscribe to the Chalk Bomb, go to www.tourjunkies.com. Right? Am I right there? And then yep. you go to the the. Fantastic, contact you got us. our website right. Good job. Sorry, yeah, you go to the contact us. And you just ask for the Chalk Bomb and tell us how much you like us and how much you love us and how much you need and want the Chalk Bomb, and we will give it to you. And you will get on the list,
0: hmm. and
1: it will be great, fantastic.
0: As I like to One say. of these days, I'm just going to stop involving you in this because you continue to miss pertinent details. And it just makes me have to go back over and do it all over again, Pat. Do you remember what happens after you fill out the contact form and oh, tell yeah. so us? So after you, you fill out the contact form, you need us. You're gonna yeah.
1: get a, you're gonna get us get an email, and you're gonna have to opt in. You got to say, "Hey, I actually do want to receive this email from the Tour Junkies." Then you'll be on the list, right? Or there is there another you step? go. Is there nope, another step it. after that? No, no, get the email, open it up, click the button,
0: say that you want it. Otherwise, you may not get it. The whole spam thing, you know. So anyway, it's uh, you want to get the chalk bombs. It's going to be awesome. That will come out Wednesday, hopefully like around... Three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Could be a little later. We're going to try to watch the weather and the tea time waves uh, as closely as possible before we make any real significant calls. So so be patient with the chalk bomb. Be patient. It'll be great. Uh, Final announcement real quick. I think we've mentioned this before. Visors in the Tour Junkie store. They are locked and loaded. We've got a lovely like master's green, and then we've got a white that is just clean and fresh like no other. These are basically, these are like imperial, you know, throwback visors. They're awesome. They're adjustable. They're, they're nice. You need to get some. Go buy them. Let's sell them out. And then we're going to reorder. It's going to be good stuff. Put Pat to work, right?
1: Put me to work. Yeah. I mean, we've, these visors, they are, you, you've got to, got to look at them on the site because they are, they're a great. They fit me fantastic. I don't know about you, but they're okay on you. Yeah. But you know, I was surprised. Well, I'm kind of
0: coming around on them a little bit. Yeah,
1: I didn't think you were going to be a visor guy, but but yeah, I have to say, around. it was it was it's they look okay on you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Pat. All right, man. It's uh, it's time. We are going to talk about a lot of stuff here. We are going to go in depth as far as strategy, what we're looking at, well beyond stats and and all that other stuff. We're gonna, there's a lot to consider for the Open Championship. Pat's got a lovely course breakdown for us. We are also going to give you We're going to be specific tonight We're going to give you our favorite GPP plays We're going to give you our cash locks And we're going to give you a number of fades tonight So you're going to want to pay attention And uh, and, and you know Now granted we said some of this could change Depending on weather, outlook, depending on draw All that kind of stuff could change That's why you're going to want to tune into Facebook On Wednesday night for the live uh, Q&A Or hit up the Roto-Grinders chat room you don't want to do all that stuff. So, Pat, I am ready to hear your amazing Carnasty breakdown.
1: Well, here we go. This is the 147th Open Championship at Carnasty Golf Links in Carnasty, Scotland. This is a traditional links layout, as we always get for these Open Championship. It's measuring about 7,400 yards, par 71 it's got two par fives and three par threes, which is not, you know, typically what you're going to see with par 71. Um, this is one of the, if not the toughest course in the rotation uh, for the Open Championship. They played the first one here at Carnoustie in 1931. And we are, I, I can tell you this, I'm not expecting any different this year as far as how difficult this course has played. One of the big narratives we've already heard is a ton of player from the, the players and the media, is just there's been very little rain, and this course is playing extremely firm and fast. It's uh, it's it's burnt up, as they, they, I may say, in the South. Burnt. It's, it's burnt. It's burnt up. And even Tiger mentioned here, you talk about the fairways here, they're running actually faster than the greens, which is a little bit interesting to me um this is a course that is littered with bunkers everywhere that is the major protection off the tee and around the greens and these aren't just bunkers that you can just easily get out of i mean these are things where you've you know they're deep they're small sometimes you're just going to have to take your medicine in these bunkers and and just pop it out into the fairway or I mean, you may even be right in a bunker next to the green, but you're up against the lip, so you're just going to have to just hit it out backwards or something like that. Um, but again, these fairways are running extremely fast. You know, we've heard from guys like um, like we talked about with sneds just hitting like 450-something yard drives. So um, it's one of those things where distance control is going to be huge off the tee. I mean, I think a lot of these guys are going to club down um in most cases um because you know again you're just not gonna have to hit it extremely far but it's gonna bring a lot of guys into play so almost everybody in the field because length isn't really gonna be a huge factor you know can play well on this course as long as you know they've got that distance control down, they're striking the ball well. I've heard the rough is not as bad as you may have seen in the past. I, I think it's um it's obviously gonna be penal. I don't think it's going to be one of those things where you're just done if you're in the rough, like you might see it like a U.S. Open or something like that. Um, you know, you look at these um, at the greens itself. It's kind of a mixture of bent grass, fescue, poanna, that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, it's just all over the place. And that's typically what you see here. There's going to be a lot of brown. All, all of us, you know, U.S. folks, we love seeing green, green courses like the Masters. Well, you're not going to see that here. It is brown. It's running hot. It's not pretty, but it's a fantastic, beautiful course. Just an old course that I think is going to play extremely difficult. One of the things to note, you look at a lot of um, link style courses. They kind of have that traditional, you know, nine out, nine in kind of thing. That's not how this course plays, which I think means the wind is going to be a huge factor. Well, it's always a huge factor, but... You really are going to have to pay attention to which direction the winds are blowing on the certain nines because it, it's not going to be like prevailing going out and prevailing going in. It could change on almost every single hole, um, so that that is definitely something we're going to be looking at. You know, we talk about weather as well. That's another thing that we'll be looking at on Wednesday when we do the Facebook Live and in the chat room. For me, stats. Um, I'm trying to keep it pretty simple this week. I think this is one of those weeks where you can't get too cute. I want guys you are accurate off the tee, I want guys who are avoiding bogeys and the big numbers, and I want guys who can scramble well. Those are kind of the three main things I'm looking at, and also I'm looking at recent form and experience. You typically see folks that win open championships do have experience in majors. Um, We've seen older guys like a Stewart Sink, even Tom Watson almost win a few years ago. Uh, Darren Clark. Um, so I think experience is a major factor when it comes to when you're looking at players, or at least if you're maybe looking between two guys, uh, maybe one guy is is you know pops for you a little bit when the stats are concerned, but he hasn't played a lot of majors and he hasn't played a lot of open championships. I may with go with a more experienced player. So uh, looking at past champs, you had Jordan Spieth in 2017, Henrik Stenson in 2016, in that epic battle with Phil Mickelson. Zach Johnson in 15, Rory in 2014, uh, you had Mickelson in 13, and then Ernie Ells, another one of those, those right there together, Phil Mickelson and Ernie Ells, two guys, veterans on tour, who kind of came out of nowhere to win Open Championships, and that's what you're going to see too, is just, this is, you just never know what you're going to get, you may get a crazy bounce, you may get... You know, just, I mean, whatever. I mean, this course is is just going to, you just have to go with the flow here. And that's why I think there's got to be some experience factor when you're looking at players, because you're going to get a bad bounce. I mean, that's just going to happen, and you just can't blow up. You just got to take your medicine and move on. So there you go. That is, uh, that's my quick course rundown for you, David. I like it,
0: Pat. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say a whole lot in addition. I will say I want to read a couple of quotes that I got. One was I picked this out, I read this, um, and it's from the course superintendent at Carnoustie. He's been there for years. Um, Course superintendent, this is what he said. These are very dry, brown fairways, as you mentioned. We already know that. He said, I have never done a course this dry in my time here. He's never done it. Uh, He said the rough is very fair. He didn't say it was tough. He didn't say it was easy. He said it was fair. I think I agree with you. I think it leans to a little easier. Um, And his quote was, you are going to have to think on this golf course, and you're going to have to consider runouts on the tee to avoid the rough and gorse. So uh, I would echo what you said there. I also got um, got some caddy insight from – a tour caddy who has been at Carnoustie for the last couple of days. And I'm going to read part of what he said now, but I'm also going to give you some feedback on some players that specifically he mentioned a little bit later in the podcast. He said it is going to be a tee shot golf course for sure. A great driver of the golf ball is going to win. It is tight and fast. So that's uh, it's just a little feedback there. It, it, it you know, um, it echoes what you, what you said, so I think that's important. For me, uh, Pat, you know, we don't talk about this before the, the podcast, but I, I tend to agree with you on the stats. I think when it comes to stats, uh, we got a Twitter question today. Uh, from a listener And he listed all these stats he had And it was a great question appreciate him tweeting us I, I think you can overthink the stats With the Open Championship And, and I do think you can keep it simple I, I looked at bogey avoidance Which I don't normally look at But I looked at this week uh, And I looked at it in the short term And the long term I looked at recent history And I looked at the last 50 rounds or so Which you can do on Fantasy National I looked at um, fairways gained so uh, that's another stat that Fantasy National provides. Looked at fairways gained in the recent history. I looked at strokes gained approach recent history, and I looked at scrambling, which you mentioned, uh, and I looked at scrambling recent as well. Also, just took a peek at sand saves, but I didn't like weight it in my model. I don't. It really didn't end up telling me a whole lot. Um, I mean, I think these bunkers run like any other, so it's kind of tough to. It's tough to look at sand save percentage on the PGA Tour and think that that's going to somehow translate translate to this. Um, I mean I don't think it could be bad if you have a really good sand player on the PJ tour, but I don't you know I don't, I don't think it necessarily means they're going to be outstanding in these pot bunkers. These pot bunkers are the defense of the course for sure. You have to avoid them at all costs. So my thoughts are if my guy's hitting it all, you know gaining fairways and he's he's gaining strokes with his iron play coming in, then hopefully he avoids all the bunkers possible. So
1: that's kind of the thought there. I'll, I'll add on to you were talking about the greenskeeper here, and I heard some things that or the superintendent here that I think that they are going to um, – I mean, I don't think the greens right now are rolling particularly fast, but I think yeah. as the, the the tournament goes along here and as we get closer to Thursday, they're going to be getting faster and faster. So, you know, if you, if you are looking at maybe drilling down some guys from a putting standpoint who do particularly well on, on a faster surface, then you may look at that because I don't think right now where they are is where they're going to be come tournament day.
0: I don't think they will either, but I don't think they're going to be that fast. I mean, and and I don't really think the greens at Carnoustie are that hard anyway. I think this is a this is a T to green golf course
1: hands down. So now it I, is, I but then d- also I think if they get it too, if they were to get them too fast anyway, they could lose it more. I mean, it, it could it, bec- it could become unfair.
0: well as dry as the course is and that's something i've looked at too like recent recent rainfall it's very dry and there doesn't look to be a lot of rain in the forecast right now now it is scotland it can change on a dime it's right by the north sea it can change on a dime but there's not been a lot of recent rainfall rainfall so the course is already dry and the fairways are already fast um so i i don't yeah, I think they're gonna you can keep the greens slower but you it's harder to it's harder to avoid losing them if it stays yeah. you know if it stays dry and the wind picks up you know you could lose these greens so I I don't think they'll be that fast. I do think if you are gonna look at putting, I, you know, I would look at something like three putt avoidance and, and kind of get those guys that can lag putt because I do see this as being one of those one of those those things where you are gonna have some longer putts and you are gonna have par putts of you know six to eight feet and you are gonna need guys to make those. So uh, those aren't really stats that I weighted, but it's just something to think about when you are looking at a couple of players. Um, something to consider. Um. I think Open Championship record is important. When you look at the past winners at the Open Championship in the last couple of decades, there's only a couple that have that have won and, and not had previously a good Open Championship record. There's I think fewer that have not played the week before in either the Scottish or the John Deere. There's a lot of that history you can kind of look at going back and think about, but I, I am looking at experience. I am looking at um, open record. Uh, I don't have. I may not actually. I may not have. I'm pretty sure I don't have any first timers in my you know player pool right now, and my large player pool that I hope to, to to trim down by Wednesday night. I don't think I have any first timers, so I, I'm avoiding the first timers, and I am I am waiting heavily. Uh, open championship history. Even though a lot of you know courses that are on open rotation are not necessarily like Carnoustie or as difficult as Carnoustie, I do think it does give you some you know idea of how a guy can play in the open and in these conditions, uh, and have the patience and the temperament that you're going to need to you know to play well here. So I think that's something else I'm looking at that experience. Um, you know, I think the Scottish Open, John Deere Classic stuff is interesting. You, you, you know how how you see guys who. Tend to play better um, after they've played one of those events, especially the Scottish. So, looking at the field last week, and, and, and that I'm not overly concerned with how they necessarily performed at the Scottish, but I, you know, I mean, unless they were just awful but like i don't really care that justin you know justin rose was like what was he like t20 or t50 that doesn't concern me or you know if if a really elite player you know didn't like top 10 i'm not concerned as long as they didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing so um I think that's something to think about. I think mentality and temperament is a thing. I mean, the, the, the Open Championship is known to test you in every aspect, and it's known to uh, you can have conditions that change on a dime. You've got to be patient. You've got to be able to get in one of those bunkers, evaluate your situation, take a deep breath, not lose your head, think clearly, and make a good decision, and take your medicine and get out. Um, you, you know, you can't do anything too stupid at the Open Championship. So I think temperament... So you take
1: your time like Jordan Spieth did last year on...
0: Yeah, yeah, take your 40 <laughs> minutes. Um, it's a grinder type, it's a plotter type deal. I mean, that's what we've seen. A Padraig Harrington, a Zach Johnson, a Jordan Spieth. Those are the kind of guys that, that you see that can win this thing. Uh, and I do think with it playing firm and fast, you open up a lot of players into this field. Uh, I did some. I told you a couple of days ago. I did some early research on Carnoustie a couple of weeks ago, and I I told you. I said, "Man, I want bombers who can carry these bunkers. That's what I want." But as as I've learned, how firm and fast the golf course has gotten, uh, I don't. I'm I'm away from that. So you know, it's. uh, I think it brings a lot more people into the fold when you have the conditions that we're set up to have. And then the two things that, you know, the thing that we, you know, weather we've talked about, but the draw is extremely important with the open championship. We saw it uh, in 2016 when Henrik Stenson and Phil had their duel, uh, that their wave had a tremendous advantage in strokes gained. Um, So, You know, and just because you look at it Wednesday morning or even Wednesday afternoon, and you think that it's an even split or whatever, the the wave is going to be important. I would suggest looking at it as late as possible before you start building your lineups. And for me, Pat, uh, right now I have about thirty six entries reserved. I haven't told you that yet. Uh, I have thirty six different lineups that I'm playing right now, Um, and. even if I didn't see a clear wave advantage, I think it's worth you know making five lineups that are all AM, PM guys, and five lineups that are all PM, AM guys, and then the rest of them mix up however I want. I think it's worth having some exposure to, to, to each wave, even if it doesn't look like it's it's going to be, you know, advantageous either way. And I also think that if you look on Wednesday and go, "Oh man, the AMPM wave has an advantage," then by all means have more players from the AMPM wave, but also be sure and throw in just a few lineups that are also the other because we know it can change and we know that it's golf and we can miss it and the weather can change and the draw can change and, you know, listen, it only takes one really awesome lineup to make your week, you know? So if you do 40 lineups and none of them hit except for one, then you are you can, I think Drew Matthews, the guy that won the, the Millie maker for the, for the masters, like all of his lineups, or most of his lineups sucked, but he had a really good one that happened to win a million dollars. So I think it's worth hedging at the open championship. Any other thoughts on any of that stuff I said there?
1: No, I mean, I agree with that. I think it's, it's good that, I mean, Look, you're just differentiating yourself if you do that. With even though right now, if we're looking at it, you know, we kind of like the the sort of the AM PM wave, um, but that could change, and I think that could be like one of those things that if you hear starting to hear a lot of people talk about, hey, I'm going this wave, throw a few in the other wave just to just to do it because, like you said, every things here change so quickly. I cannot stress that enough how quickly it can change out here on this course, and so you you've got to have at least some sort of way of taking advantage of that. And and so um, I agree with you there. Um, again, I'll just reiterate, you know, coming back to what we're going to do on Wednesday and those kind of things with, with social media and whatever else. And, and this is the, the most important tournament of the year when it comes to really waiting as long as you possibly can yeah. to set all of your lineups. I mean, I yeah. know... You know, we typically get in our you know set in our ways when you're you're talking the PGA Tour every single week, week in and week out. You're 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 like you you may want to put in your lineups on Tuesday. You may like doing that. Well, this is the week you got to don't be OCD like me. Don't like sit there and say (laughs) I usually do my lineups on Tuesday night and that's it. I'm not going to change or whatever. This is the week to whatever take the tour junkie's medicine and just just wait as long as you possibly can to set everything before, you know, lineups lock at whatever one or two o'clock in the morning on, on a Wednesday night. Totally
0: agree. Um, yeah. You know, I, I will say, too, the one course that I referenced in looking at Carnoustie is the uh, – well, it's Carnoustie, but it's the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. It's a European tour staple event every fall, and they play that event on St. Andrews, Carnoustie, and one other course I can't remember um, – but, but it's a it's a three-course rotation deal, and there's a lot of good history you can go back and look at, and a lot of guys that played in that event. So that's just, a, if you're going to look at correlated courses, I kind of feel like, or correlated events, I think the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship is something to consider. And obviously, a big, 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 big part of this is ownership, right? I mean, we're going to talk a ton about ownership, and I think come Wednesday night, here, here's what's going to happen by Wednesday night. By Wednesday night, we will have we will have a much better idea of who all's been talked up, who all's looking chalky. We will have a much better idea on the weather and the tea time draw and if there's an advantage. The other thing is by Wednesday, we've got about five or six caddies that are are, are on the grounds at, at, at Carnoustie that weren't on the grounds before recording the show. There's a couple of them that are moving over from from the John Deere and from Scottish. So, you know. Uh, we will have some more information, um, so you will want to be a part of that on Facebook. So there you go. I think that's important. But uh, ownership is what I was going to say is is a huge a huge thing. Obviously, sports.com. We talk about them every week because I do think the ownership uh, angle there is uh, you know the the information that you get from Fanshare Sports in terms of ownership is tremendous and. It's it's not just the fact that they go through all the content and they tell you who's being talked up and who's getting the buzz, but they also now have historical DraftKings data, so you can go in there and look at the last three events, or um, you can put all these filters on there to see who's gaining DraftKings points each week. And big announcement they just released a brand new lineup generator. It's in beta. There's unique features. You can set your ownership ranges, um, build in an accuracy meter, which is like actual versus desired exposures. You can player swap, all this fun stuff. And of course, we talk about it from time to time taking the pulse, the article from Logan. And then our boy, Jimmy DFS, big fan of Jimmy. He's a nice guy, great guy, has a tremendous course preview video that you guys are going to want to check out. I think whenever they put it up, we'll read. Retweet it, so you want to check that out as well. But sports.com get you that membership. They're also building up a lot of really sweet stuff for football season. So as that approaches, your membership covers both. It's like ten bucks a month, um, but ownership is going to be tremendous. You got 150, what 155 players? Top 70 and ties make the cut. There is no MDF over here on the European tour, so you don't have to worry about the MDF uh, after Saturday. But to me, Pat, I mean, obviously 6 of 6 is going to be a, a, a nice advantage, as it is every week, but some weeks it's a little different, and some majors it's a little different. But you've got a very big field, and top 70 and ties getting through. Ownership is going to be key in uh, GPP contests, and I want to talk a little bit about contests just for a second before we start getting into picks. Obviously, you've got the Millie Maker 176,000 entries. Now, if you are a new player to PGA DFS or any form of DFS, let me just go ahead and tell you, the Millie Maker is kind of a ripoff. Okay, <laughs> it is very attractive. <laughs> a better way to put it. Yeah, it's very attractive, um, but the rake is ridiculous and the payout structure is extremely top heavy to the one person that beats 177,000 other people. So, yeah. I mean, if you just are okay not playing it, I think your money could be much better spent elsewhere. And I'm going to talk to kind of those beginner, mid-level players here for a second. I think the $700,000 four contest, which is a $4 buy-in and a 20 max entry, um i think that's a fantastic contest if you're kind of getting into it i love all the single entry three entry max five entry max and 20 entry max contests over on DraftKings. i think those are important and we're going to give you kind of some gpp picks for those contests that we really like including the millie you know we'll talk about the millie but ownerships are going to be different you know the millie maker is a highly public of you know public contests you're going to have a little bit more public bias there um, not as much familiarity with some of the guys on the pj tour that if you're grinding this thing out every week you're going to know about um, so you're going to want to think about that and and the higher stakes you know like the 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 555 signature or the country club or any of those the higher stakes you're going to have some sharper money in there you're going to have to think differently but i, I do think contest selection is important if you're a rookie you know, just think about that. And if you have any questions about that, tweet us or uh, come to us on Wednesday night and chat it up. Also, our friends over at uh, Fantasy Draft, the tour card, $20,000 GPP over on the tour card, only 900 and something entries there, $25 to enter. We love we love the, the, the game over there on Fantasy Draft. You guys can hit that up as well. So I think contest selection is important. Of course, there's cash games, which we're going to consider 50-50s and double-ups. So when we talk about cash locks tonight, that's what we're talking about, 50-50s and double-ups. All right, Pat, I think that's enough of that. But but I feel like all that stuff is a good groundwork, good good foundation for what we're going to get into with the picks tonight. Are you uh, you ready to get into this?
1: Yeah, ready. I am ready to go. All
0: right, what's the podcast choose tonight? It's the Open Championship. Tell me it's good.
1: Uh... Mm. I'm drinking a little vodka. That sounds night, like
0: rose. Actually. Are you? Yeah.
1: Oh! Yes, yeah. my I man. I felt like it was a liquor liquor night for me.
0: Yeah, a liquor a liquor night, a
1: liquor drink, a liquor, I drink, a liquor night. drink. So that's what I'm going with. And uh, I like it. What about you? What are you going with?
0: Vodka. I've got a little Tito's. And, Tito's you know, my, for me.
1: Tito's.
0: It's my hipster drink. A little Tito's, LaCroix, and some lime. That's my hipster drink we, right you now. You
1: know what's so crazy about this is you've gotten me on to this freaking LaCroix. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's good, man. It's really good. It's refreshing. And it's low-cal. It's low-cal.
1: We give a lot of free ads, by the way, for podcast juice.
0: We do give a lot of free ads. We should have more <laughs> Somebody podcast juice to company.
1: sponsor us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm. By the way, you know, on my vacation, I was at Isle of Palms, which was right near Charleston. You know, Charleston created uh, they, they they make Firefly, or they're the sweet tea vodka. Yeah. Now, yeah. you Yankees, you Yankees that listen to us, you may have not ever heard of any Firefly, but oh, Firefly man, that stuff is some dangerous, some damn good stuff.
1: It's dangerous. Damn mix it with lemonade, make a little honor palmer. Oh, oh, oh my oh, god, I, that will you will be yeah. on your face before yeah. you know it. It's so because sweet. That sweet and good. tea Vika doesn't even. Yeah, you can't even tell that's what that there's anything in there, and you're just like, "Hey, I'm drinking a little little sweet tea and lemonade." Next thing yeah. you know, it boom on your face, done.
0: And you're making bad decisions, and you're getting, yeah. you know, yeah. So, yeah, not not that we know from experience, but the full Firefly, if you can you can get your hands on some Firefly, you you need to try a little bit of that. All right, Pat, that's enough of that. Let's get into this. It is time. Let's break this down. Now, we're going to do things a little different tonight. We are going to do it a little bit different. I've got some tears here and we have not we have not uh, conversed on these picks right here. We've not conversed. And um, we are going to nail down some GPPs, cash locks, and fades in each of these categories. And, uh, and then we're going to, you know, I, I mean, I think we need to spend some time at the top. I mean, the top is going to be a lot of decisions needing to be made. Listen, you can't play everybody. We say this every every major. It's There's so many good players. It's a great field. Um, that's why it's a major, right? If this isn't the damn Greenbrier. So you can't play everybody you're going to have to feel a little sad about not playing a guy that you really like or not playing a guy you think could do well. You got to you got to plant your flags. You got to narrow down the player pool, okay? We get that a lot. What should my player pool be? Well, it's kind of hard to say cuz it depends on how many lineups you're playing, it depends on what kind of contest you're playing, but general rule of thumb, I wouldn't have a player pool, you know, more than if you're playing 10 lineups or less, then you need to have like eighteen players in your player pool. If you're playing twenty or more, maybe go like twenty two players. Something like that. But don't get crazy. You can't play forty guys. You play forty guys, you're just gonna end up breaking
1: even. Or at best. That's at best. It's gonna be hard to really get some some EV there. You know what? So I'm glad you mentioned this and you're talking about planting a flag and all that kind of stuff. And you know, a few weeks ago I had a little saying, didn't I David? It was Lee, La, Low. I Lee like La Lo. da- I like Danny Lee. I like Lahiri, <laughs> and I like Love Martin. Yeah. Well, this week, for all the listeners out there, here's what you got to think. I am gonna stand pat, and that means you're gonna take your guys and you're gonna get them down and you're gonna call them down to like 20 guys or so. Whatever. There are so many players in this field. And there's so many players that you can like this week, but you just gotta be strong, and you gotta pick. You gotta get it down to those 20 guys or so, and that's what you're gonna go with, and you're gonna stand pat. So that's what your that's what your mind is thinking this week. Stand pat while you're st- while you're setting those lineups. What do what do you think about that, David? Do you like that? Stand pat. Uh, it's
0: tremendously catchy. Your marketing genius is showing off right now. It's it's amazing. Um, you're going to stand pat. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. You got to. So, right off the bat, that's what you're saying. So, you know, you get to this top range. You can't play everybody. You, you know that it's likely that the winner is going to come from these top few guys, but you, you have to plant the flag. And here's the other thing: we talk about ownership. You can't get all you you you're gonna eat some chalk, and that's okay. You're gonna play some guys who are gonna be very popular in GPPs. That is okay. That's okay. You can do that. You gotta look at. You know your total lineup, your total projected ownership in the six guys or seven guys on fantasy draft that you're looking to to play, is that total ownership projection going to be over you know seventy five percent for those six guys? If it is, I think that's a little high. I think your guys should be between like sixty and seventy is like the max that I would go. Okay, so if you're eating some chalk, you can eat you can eat some chalk on two guys that are going to be twenty five percent owned. But now you're fifty percent. So the, your other four guys need to be need to be low, 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 low. So you got to think about the sum total and the ownership and the leverage. The leverage, okay? Leverage is key because here's what I'll tell you from experience. And it took me a few years to learn this. Playing DraftKings, we've been playing PGA DFS since 2015. Took a couple of years to figure this out. Waking up on Thursday morning and having some guys with some leverage some guys that are sub 6% on 7% on having some studs that people overlook at sub 10 what 12 that's a good place to be when that when that when that stuff pops off right it's a good place to be and and it can make up for for maybe some bad lineups if you have a couple of lineups cuz all it takes is one that's what me and Pat keep telling ourselves here all it takes is one lineup <laughs> and and you you nail it so You know, don't be afraid to fade guys who, you know, you think are going to play okay, but you just got to make decisions. You're going to have to make decisions in GPPs for sure. And and the ownership game, you're going to have to play unless you just want to throw your money away. If you're not considering ownership in these GPPs, you are not doing it right. You are going to, more times than not, you're going to lose money. So, all right, there's a tangent. There's a tangent. Let's talk about the top tier, Pat. I want to look all the way from 9K and above. It's a major, these guys are in a class of their own. I want to look from Sergio to DJ, 9K and above. Tell me two guys that you like in GPP, your two favorite guys in this range, favorite guys in this range, 9K and above in GPPs.
1: All right, well, I've got two guys, and I'm. Uh, this was hard because there's a third guy I think is very close. but Don't give did, me the third yet, because if you steal make my thunder, cut, I'll be pissed. He did not make the cut for me, but the two guys I like the most for GPPs are Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler. Now, Ricky wow. is one of those guys who has performed very well here in the past. If you look at his last... Four times playing in the Open Championships, he's gained 24 strokes on the field. Now, his best finish was, was T2 in 2014, you know, and he was T22 last year, but I just like how I have seen him play, especially like it, it, for the most part of majors this year. Uh, he checks, he's a great scrambler. Great driver of the ball, a guy that is definitely due for a major, and I love the price where he's at this week at 9700 on DraftKings. I think that's a great price for him. So I think Ricky Fowler is a good GP. Obviously, I want to see where his ownership is going to fall, but he is one of my top plays for the week. Rory is another thing. He's right there near the top at 11000 I feel like some people are going to feel like that may be just a little bit too expensive for him. But you look at a guy, he has just dominated here over the last five years or four years. He was injured in 2015, but he won in 2014, T5 and 16, T4 in 2017, has gained 37 strokes on the field over his last four events. He checks the box in ball striking, bogey avoidance, uh, just a guy that is and, – and you know what? He just – the form for him is so up and down that I always feel like you can get, uh, you know, sort of that you can get him at a low ownership, and I think you're going to get that again for him this week. So he will be my second GPP play of the week. So there you go; those are my two favorites: Ricky Fowler, wow, and Rory.
0: Interesting. All right. Um, I'm going to skip ahead. I'm not going to comment on those yet. I'm going to skip ahead. My two favorite GPP plays in the 9K and above range. Number one, Justin Rose. Don't know how you avoid Justin Rose here. Across the board, checks a box in fairways, strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, bogey avoidance, uh, long-term and short-term. He's a great sand player. Um, I mean – yeah, in the last five years, he's made four or five cuts at the Open Championship with three top twenty-fives. Uh, you know, top tied for tenth at the U.S. Open. Not sure how you avoid Justin Rose at ten-two. I am all over that. My second play. I have a joke for you, <laughs> Pat. Yes, I have a joke for you. Um, it's a guy. Well, it's not. It's really not.
1: Is it right, a riddle? Well,
0: no. Um, why? I made this up. I made this up. Um, why does Brooks Kepka laugh when he walks on a golf course? Because his nuts are so big and dragging the ground, the blades of grass are tickling his sack. <laughs> because he's the freaking man. Uh, Brooks Kepka is my... when the prices came out and I saw Brooks at night, Mr. Hay, I'm pretty much already at the point in my career where I don't give a rip about anything except for Jenna Sims and major championships because my nuts are large and in charge. $9,200 Ninety-two hundred dollars for Brooks Kepka is absolutely criminal. Bring all the Brooks Kepka to me. The dude cut his teeth on the European Tour, in you know, on the Challenge Tour. He's made three or four cuts in the last uh, in the last attempts at the Open Championship with two top twenty-fives. I mean, okay, in 2015, he finished second at the Alfred Dunhill Links. In 2014, when he was still on the European Tour, he finished ninth at the Alfred Dunhill Links. He's got that experience. We know what kind of player he is. Absolutely criminal at $9,200. Don't care how popular he's going to be. Don't care whatsoever. But I freaking love Brooks Koepka. And honestly, I well, think he's love him get... in general.
1: Like if he was, like I think none he's, of this, none of what you just threw out there even mattered. He, you would still love him.
0: I think he's going to get a little lower owned because people are going to say, "No way he wins two in a row." Which I'm not saying he wins two in a row, but at 9200, you don't need him to win. The you don't like it. real are You don't yeah. need him to win at 9200. But, you know, some people are going to say, well, he's not going to win He's not going to win back-to-back uh, majors. And um, I, I just think so many people are going to hit heavy on that 10K and above because the pricing is so soft. There's a lot of value in the 6K. There's a lot of value in the 7K. I think the 9K could be, uh, and, I, and I do think Fowler's going to be popular, but I think there's parts of the, this 9K range that could be interesting. Ownership, ownership will have to be diluted somehow. I, I just, I see Brooks being like, 15%. Maybe I'm completely off, but I see him being like 15%. If he's 15%, I'll be fifty percent on Brooks Kepka. That's how much I love him. Okay. Love him. All right. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and say he's also my cash lock. So that was the next thing I was gonna ask is who is your cash lock in this range? Mine is Brooks Kepka. Just he would be in every single cash lineup I have, Brooks Kepka banging the drum. Like he's banging. Mine was a guy that
1: I I was surprised that you put as your GPP play, but mine was going to be Rose. He was going to be my cash lock. I think that, I mean, you look across the board, like you mentioned, stats, everything, form, all of that. I mean, he should be a staple in any cash lineup. So uh, he is my cash lock in that over 9K range.
0: I mean, I think in this range, because there are so many good players up here, like I don't think there's gonna there's no there's not gonna be anybody in here who's gonna be super chalk like I don't nobody in here is gonna get to thirty percent.
1: I agree so, and there, because it is it's gonna spread itself out a little bit because there is a lot of guys here that I like. It's hard to like pick a fade like I know that's probably what we're talking about next. It's hard to take a fade because all of these guys you can make a case for being. Oh, I got I got some fades. I got some fades. Okay, for you. well I know you do, but I'm just saying that. It's hard up here. I mean,
0: yeah, but I'm saying like when you said you were surprised I took Rose as a GPP play, like I I think Rose is a great cash play, but I also think it's a fine GPP play because I I don't think anybody in here gets so stupid high owned that I'm like, oh well, I'm just gonna full on fade them at thirty percent or you know twenty eight. I I just don't see anybody getting there, so I don't mind. I I don't I don't even care honestly. Uh, Now I, I do think there are some guys in here who are gonna be. You know, well, like much lower on than that, but there's nobody in here who's going to be super chalk. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about fades. Let's talk about fades. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you. We're going to ask for two fades right here. I'm going to. Here's my first one. In the last 12 rounds, this this fade is 113th in fairways gained. Okay, 113th. The putter has been all over the place. The Open record is pretty good it's pretty good uh this player missed the cut at the u.s open and is now only eleven thousand dollars i say only but that's a lot of money it's rory mcelroy your gpp play i think you fade rory all day and i think one reason alone is the eleven thousand dollar price tag what do you need rory to do you need rory to win the other thing is why would you just not jump up and pay 300 for DJ? I do understand the ownership leverage play. I do think Rory is going to be much lower on than we've seen him in, you know, major championships, which is a little scary because listen, it's Rory. He's a he's a great player. But the inconsistency to me and the miscut at the at the US Open, the price tag of 11,000, like I, if if Justin Thomas were 11,000 and Rory were 10,000, I'd be playing some Rory. But even with the soft pricing, I just can't make myself pay 11k when I can jump up 300 more dollars and play DJ. So there is my first fade of the week. Would you like to rebuttal any of that before I move on to my second?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think if you're going to look at Rory, I think you obviously, I understand. I think when you look at fairways gained, he, he's certainly not checking the box there. I don't know how many you know drivers he's going to hit this week. Haven't seen where he's. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's probably going to scale it back some. He obviously is is checking boxes and ball striking. He's top ten in the field in bogey avoidance, which we've talked about before. And he's also, you know, when you look at par four strokes gained on par fours, I mean that's one of the things. There's there's obviously, um, you know, we look at a par seventy one where we have, you know, less par threes than we normally do and less par fives on a par seventy one. So he's six in the field there. So I think that he could be. I just don't. I understand if you're looking at it from a price standpoint, from a salary standpoint, at eleven thousand, where he he may be you know worth a fade. But I, I like him. I like him in tournament play. Now he's not he's not going to be a guy that's a cash play for me. But yeah. I think for tournament play, you're going to see him lower owned than you typically do. And when you look at his open history, it's so freaking good. I just don't see how you can fade this guy.
0: It is pretty good. All right, my last fade in this range is 111th in fairways gained over the last 12 rounds. Um, A T56 last time out that we saw him, uh, and, and then two... Open championship attempts, one missed cut last year, and a T53 the year before. Also, at one of the higher ball flight guys on the PGA Tour, we've already talked about the wind and the weather potential. You're going to need guys who can flight the ball down, and I, I, I just, I think for my money and for the little regression that we've seen in former number one player in the world justin thomas i think i'd rather pivot somewhere else so at ten i i'm fading jt he's my he's my second fate in this category
1: all right well we got some agreement here because jt is going to be one of okay. my fates as well um, i think he's he's just a guy that i just do not like he's not checking a whole lot of boxes for me here and i, I just i don't like him um you know you look at you know I guess tournament history. I mean he missed the cut last year, T fifty three in two thousand sixteen. So really just doesn't seem to to like this link style course over here, you know, regardless of you know, what they're on and the weather's concern you know, what the weather is and whatever it is. I just don't think I don't like J T here on these courses. Now, another guy that I was surprised you didn't mention was John Rahm. Um, he's interesting hmm. to me. Uh, You you look at his last two starts here in British Opens. He was T-44 last year and T-59 before that, but just doesn't seem to have the head to play a course like Carnoustie and do well. And so he's another guy that I think I'm going to fade here in this range over 9K. At 9,800, look, I know he's a great, you know, he, he hits the driver well, does everything you really should do well to be able to play, you know, Play the, this tournament, but I, I am uh, I'm going to fade some John Rom.
0: Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree with you there. And, and I, the reason I didn't pick him, I kind of felt like that was I don't know. I, I I agree. I totally agree. I probably won't have any shares of him either. I mean, I could just see him getting like a really terrible lie in one of those pot bunkers and losing his head. So, and I'm a fan of John Rom, and I don't care about the emotion, but I do think in this event. He's gonna have to pull it together a little bit. So I'd like to see a little more experience from Rom. All right, real quick, let's hit the rest of the guys in this range because I think I think listeners are gonna want to know right off the bat what are you gonna do with Jordan Spieth? Any shares of Jordan Spieth?
1: Uh, I don't think I'm gonna have a whole lot. He was literally like a close like third to to Rom as far as fade for me. So I think I'm going to – I'm going to avoid some Jordan Speed. I just can't see it. I just don't... I mean, he just hasn't been... The form's just not there. I know traditionally his game should fit, you know, well, almost in any of these courses, but I just I just can't... I, I'm not going to play him this week. I'm going to avoid him, and that's, that's just what I'm going to do. We'll see Wednesday night
0: if... Okay, two big ifs. If... He's on the if, if there's a clear draw advantage and he's on the right side of it, and his projected ownership is 15% or lower across fanshare, fantasy national, roto grinders, all those sites. If it's 15% or lower and he's on the right side of the draw, I will have some shares. I, I wasn't that close to fading him. Um, so that's enough on him, DJ. If you want to play DJ, I'm completely fine with that. Knock yourself out. I think he's a great play. Uh, probably won't end up with a lot of him, just because, like I said, got got to kind of plant the flag. Um, I do like your play with Ricky. I think Ricky's going to be pretty popular. Um, I, I just think he is. I think Ricky is a tremendous cash play. If honestly. Um, I think after Brooks, Ricky would be like a 1B cash pick for me. And I think Ricky's going to do fine, but I do think Ricky will be one of the chalkier players in this range. I think I think he could be one to push 20% ownership, which, again, I said I didn't really care that much, but I'm just going to plant my flag. I'm going Brooks, Rose. And my third player that I'm going to have exposure to after Brooks and Rose is Tommy Fleetwood. I love Tommy Fleetwood here. I'm sure a lot of people love Tommy Fleetwood here, but I mean, let's let's talk about Alfred Dunhill Links, which is the the, the tournament with Carnoustie in the rotation. Uh, in 2017, he finished 25th. In 2016, he finished 15th. In 2015, he finished 13th. In 2014, he finished second. I mean, the the guy he doesn't have a great Open Championship record. That's he's like. The only guy that I have right now that doesn't have a great Open Championship record, he's one for four in in made cuts. Yeah, he hasn't with, done
1: very well. I mean, he's yeah, with, missed three out of four cuts here.
0: Yeah, not not good, but um, the ball striking, the ability to, to place the ball in the fairway, the low ball flight, um, the course record at, at Carnoustie, he owns it right now. He set it at the Alfred Dunhill, 9,400. I mean, and especially... I think, here's what, I think Tommy is one of those plays where if you're playing in higher stakes contest with lower entries, like maybe this three max 150 entry, I think Fleetwood could be a play. Because I think some of the sharps out there are going to talk themselves out of Fleetwood, which is crazy. Because all we've been doing all year is talking ourselves into Fleetwood. I think some of the sharps are going to talk themselves out of him. And in a contest like that, I'd like to have him. I think the guy can win this golf tournament. And, in fact, I mentioned the caddy um, that I, I had a little text conversation with about Carnoustie earlier. Here's what I mentioned that he made some comments about a couple of players. Here's one player that we've already talked about that he's calling a miscut on, and that is Rory McElroy. He calls a miscut on Rory, and he said his pick to win is Tommy Fleetwood, which, I mean, it's just a caddy picking a winner. I get it, but – I, I like Tommy. That's that's the guy that I like after Brooks and Rose here.
1: Yeah, I'm with you with Fleetwood. I, I, I do like him a whole lot. Um I can you talk me off trying to play some Sergio? <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there.
0: <laughs> oh man. Um
1: I mean, mean, obviously, a tremendous
0: open championship record. Tremendous.
1: It's amazing. See,
0: I would rather, if I were you, I would rather play, I would rather take the GPP low ownership on Sergio than I would Rory because I think Sergio is going to be low owned. But you're going to pay nine grand for Sergio and you're going to pay 11 for Rory. Yeah. Yeah. Sergio has better open championship history, should have won at Carnoustie in 07. Um, you know, monkey off his back. The only thing that you're missing with Sergio's recent form has been awful.
1: It's not been very good. That's the problem there. But
0: Rory's hasn't been much better. I mean, yeah, it but honestly, he's hasn't at least been much better in the
1: last you know few months. I mean,
0: yeah, but I mean, Sergio still won the Masters 14 months, 15 months ago. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't know. From a stat perspective, Sergio checks more boxes than Rory for me. I'm looking at it right now. He checks more boxes, even with the poor form. So, I, I don't know. I, if I if it were me and I had to play Sergio Rory, I'm playing Sergio.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, I still think I'm going to be – yeah, I like some Sergio this week. I think it's certainly worth playing, especially in some tournament lineups. So, I, I will have some of him this week. All right, let's drop down the
0: 8K range. We're going to give you two GPP plays, one cash lock, and one fade each. Pat, I'll start with you. Your two GPP locks from Mark Leishman up to LT Gray.
1: All right, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. Mm. So now I do like Tiger. I think there is some a reason to play him now. If you're looking at the Millie Maker, um, he's obviously going to be popular because he's just one of those guys. that's just popular week in and week out. But I'm I I am not going to have him in any of my Millie Maker lineups. But I do like Mr. Sickness, Jason Day at 8800 and Hideki Matsuyama. Ooh. Two guys, wow. my favorite GP wow. plays in here, <laughs> and the ones I feel strong, strongest about. I love Jason Day. He's got a good tournament history here at the Open Championship, checks a box and scrambling. He's been putting fantastic this year. His bogey avoidance is he's like top 10 in the field there at 8,800. I think Jason Day is a fantastic play. I like him. Hideki Matsuyama, another guy who we just haven't seen a a whole lot of this year, Um, at least, well, lately. But if you look at his course history here, it's not, not course history, but his tournament history, it's not, you know, that bad. He had a T-14 Back in 2017, he's got actually out of his, out of the last five events he's played here, he has three top 20s, including a top six and a top 14 last year. He's gained 23 strokes on the field. A great ball striker. Uh, putting has always been key for him, but I don't think it's going to be something that it's, you know, when you look at putting this week, I don't think it's something that's going to throw him out as a guy that I wouldn't play. So I think Hideki, and I think he's going to be extremely low-owned. Low-owned than we've ever seen Hideki in a major, and I like that. So he will be one of my top GPP plays, along with Jason Day.
0: Okay. Um... I'm going to go with the chalk play here. I'm going to eat the chalk. Francesco Molinari is too hot for me right well, that's now. Too he's, easy. That's he's easy too easy. He's too hot. I, I don't care. He's too hot for the hot tub. I, I can't handle the hotness of the Italian Bill Haas right now. I do not want to go without him in my life for the Open Championship. If he were ninety five hundred, I could fade him. And and when the prices came out last week, I was like, oh, I'm gonna fade Francesco. And then he comes, finishes second at the freaking John Deere. The guy is so flaming hot. He checks every single box for me. Um, I mean, I just he's made four to five cuts at the Open Championship with two top twenty fives in the last five years. I just cannot, in good conscience, avoid Francesco. I don't care the chalk. I think with Paul Casey there, with Tiger Woods there, you're going to have some guys eat up some ownership. So I don't think he'll be too bad, but I do think he'll be chalk. And I'm that's chalk I'm eating. I love Francesco Molinari. My second GPP fave here is Captain America, Patrick Reed, at 84-hundy. I, I just... I love me some Reed. He is now, he's similar to Brooks Kepka. It feels like the guy just wants to show up for majors, you know, wins the masters, finishes fourth at the U S open. I mean, we saw Ricky a couple years ago, top fives in all four major championships. I think Reed could easily, you know, really show up here. He's two for four in made cuts, both of them top 20s in open championships over uh, the last few years. Another low ball flight hitter, checks the box in, I mean, strokes gained approach, scrambling, bogey avoidance, sand game, all that stuff. I, I just think Reed is, and, he, and he's always a player that people love to hate and love to not play. So, I feel like for the chalk I'm eating in Francesco, I can make up for it with a little bit of low ownership on Reed. I'm I'm in on Reed, so those are my two. Those are my two GPP faves. And I would say, I mean, if I'm that big on Francesco, he's got to be a cash lock. So for me, he's my cash lock. I I don't I don't know how you avoid Francesco in cash. He may be sixty percent owned. I don't know. I just you just play him. You just play Francesco. So who's your who's your cash lock?
1: Wow, well, I'll give you my cash lock, but my fade was actually Patrick Reed. Um, mm. totally I totally get it. Um, you know, he's hundred and tenth in the field in Fairways games, so driving accuracy is not there for him. Um he is um you doesn't really check the box in, a, in a, I just don't here's the thing with him. You know, I like him in team events, and we talk about Ryder Cup and all that kind of stuff, and I know he obviously played well at the Masters and and had a, a stint there at the US Open, but I don't know. I think he gets overseas and gets. He's gonna get a little bit frustrated by this course. Oh, he's gonna love it. Are you kidding me? No, he's gonna get You're- frustrated because this is not a team thing where he can like rely on anybody else.
0: I think I- he doesn't. Ki- I think he likes it more when it's by when he's by himself. He loves being the villain. He loves it. He I will eat it up if the people at Carnoustie give him absolute hell. He will eat it up. You're kidding. Me. This could be a. Dude, he's going to love that. I'll give you the accuracy thing off the tee. He has not been the most accurate player. That's the one box he doesn't check for me, but – uh, just with with the club down of everybody, and I, I don't even care. I, I just think this guy is such a grinder. He's such a plotter. He's showing up for majors right now. He's going in always under the radar. He's never talked about in majors as these top players. People are still surprised he won the Masters. He will love Carnoustie if those people give him hell. There is nothing he would rather do than win a major on their grounds, uh, You know, aside from winning another Ryder Cup and sticking it to them. But I think that is a perfect... Perfect spot for Reed at $8,400. I, I think he's a no brainer. But I, I, I appreciate the fade. I respect the fade. Who's your cash lock?
1: The cash lock is going to be Alex Noren.
0: Love it. Love Alex Noren.
1: Love like some play. Alex Noren this week. I mean, the guy's just been fantastic this year in every single, I mean, on the PGA tour, on the European tour. You know, he won an event at, at, in France on the, on the, on the Ryder Cup course. That was playing very difficult, so I think that Norin is a fantastic play this week. I I love him, so he will be my cash play here in that eighty-three hundred or that eight K range on draft. I like
0: Norin. He's another guy. He's a guy I do like. I I will have some exposure to. I I could see him making my player pool. Um, All right, well, you you faded my Patrick Reed. I'm going to fade your Jason Day. Give me a freaking break on Jason Day. You want to talk about fairways gain? Jason Day is worse than Patrick Reed. Well, he's not worse. He's about the same. He's way he worse. He's a little bit worse, yeah. That's true. He's way worse than Strokes Gained Approach. Um, You know, I, I just... Another guy who missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Now, he does have a really good Open Championship record, but it's Jason Day. I mean... Uh, he could bring back the swine flu and give that a comeback. Come come Wednesday morning and like freak everybody out. Uh, I get the eighty eight hundred dollar price tag for a world class player. We know he's been doing it all scrambling and putting, which I do think the scrambling thing is important here. But the putting is just to me, it's just not. It's just not going to be. But the Tita green game, we said that in the beginning. Uh, our our caddy said it. Our um. Our, our our superintendent reiterated it. This is an off the tee tee to green game, tee to Green golf course. Jason Day is not the guy. So easy fade for me. Um a guy that I hate to not have in my player pool, but I likely won't is Paul Casey. I just I just likely won't. But I, I think if you want to play him you play him. I like Francesco and Reed so much that I'm not going to have him. I also like Norin. I'll have some Norin. I think I'm out on Henrik. A lot of people are talking about Henrik and the whole, you know, he withdrew from the Scottish with a, an injury of some sort. That's probably a BS Henrik Stenson withdrawal that just really means he just yeah, was ready to go somewhere else. Yeah. But even without that, I mean, Henrik has done a lot of damage. His putters was hot earlier in the year he's horrible around the greens he is a great ball striker fantastic ball striker but a, a, not a great he's 80th in this field in strokes gained around the green um i, I don't know I, i'm just i'm fine leaving him leaving him alone um i'm just fine with it so and phil i just i'm sorry i just want nothing to do with phil All right. Anything else?
1: No. That's all I oh, got. Oh, that was
0: awkward. All right. Were you doing well, something else? I thought you
1: were like finishing something or so.
0: All right. 7K range. We are not going to talk about every player as we have from 8K and above, but we are going to give you four GPP faves, two cash locks, and three fates in the 7K range. It's a big range. All right, Pat, give me your four large GPP favorites
1: right now. Wow, alright, so we're in the 7k range. Um, We are, yep, I already said that. So, my four largest GPP favorites are going to be Ian Poulter, Mm -hmm. Brant Snedeker, Mm -hmm. Russell Knox, Mm -hmm. and the guy you probably do not expect, and that is Thomas Peters. Oh. You hate that pick, don't you? I do. Yeah. I
0: gotta be honest, I do. I hate that pick.
1: Yeah. I yeah, and you know what? I think a lot we of have people sell me on that one. I think a lot of people are gonna hate that. But you know what? He hasn't been that bad recently. Um, you know. He played I mean, good at the Scottish. Yeah. I think it was what, six at the Scottish. Um but you look at a guy like Ian Poulter, he's been playing great lately. Um, so I do like him. Um, you know, Sneds is a guy that uh, Always is a great win player. Um, I think this—he's—he's he's somebody that he's been playing a lot better recently ever since his injuries. So I do like that. Now Russell Knox has just been incredible. I mean, his recent form is great. Uh, checks a box. He's—he's he's an accurate driver, which you're going to need to be out here. And we talked about that. So I do like Russell Knox. I think that's just a fantastic play, almost an easy play to me. And then a guy like Ian Poulter. I mean, he's you know been playing well this year i think the open championship is is something that he thrives in he loves being you know around um in that kind of atmosphere with sort of a home field type um event for him so i do like some of ian poulter so those are my sort of my four favorite gpp guys there in that 7k range
0: all right, total agreement. In fact, two of my four are Poulter and Snedeker. I, I, I bet you didn't think I was going to be on Sned. No, Sneds. I did not
1: think you were going to agree with that at yeah. all,
0: actually. I, yeah, love the Poulter play, um, Love and, and actually big fan of the Sned's play. He is a good win player. Both of those guys, low ball flight guys, good scramblers um plotters can play well on difficult golf courses both with pretty decent uh open well sneds has a pretty good open championship record especially in the last five years Poulter has made two of four cuts in the last uh in the last few years but uh, and but both of his two made cuts were top 25s did finish 30th at the scottish i I like both of those plays so total agreement there now now i'm gonna now i'm gonna get a little hairy on you with the with my next two GPP now, all right. GPP. I am gonna go with a guy. Let me let me let me give you let me give you some some information here first. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with a guy who is sixth in fairways gained over the last twelve, second in strokes gained approach over the last twelve, and twenty first in bogey avoidance over the last twelve. Uh, let me just give you uh, let me just give you some 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 history on this guy as well. His last time out, he finished thirteenth at the Greenbrier. His Open Championship record, okay, uh, in the last five years, he's made three of four cuts. With his worst finish being tied for nineteenth, he's got a T eighteen, a nineteen, and a fifteen when he's made the cut at seventy one hundred dollars. The Keegan radar is going off, people. Give me some Keegan. I'll take it. Oh God! Yes. Why are you
1: doing this to yourself again? And Anti- to yes. us? This is just... Dude, I get it right.
0: Us. I get it right. I just do. I just get it right, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, you, you
1: don't. I yes, I do. He's...
0: I get Keegan right. We just talked about that. I did miss him the last time out, but for the m- more times than not, I get Keegan right, which is a lot more than a lot of people can say. I like Keegan and GPP. So I just I gotta admit it. All right, here's another guy that I bet is gonna blow your socks off. Seven thousand. You want to take a guess?
1: It's in the seven K range or at At no at seven thousand. Um, probably Pat Perez. Nope. Eddie Perez
0: Kevin. Kevin Nah just recently won a golf tournament in great recent form. Open championship record. Made four of his last four cuts with one top 25 in that stint. We did just see him uh, obviously win the Greenbrier I, I like me some Kevin Na. I mean, look at the stats. He's, he checks the box and strokes to approach, strokes scan around the green. He's a great sand player. He's a pretty accurate guy. Another low ball hitter. 7K for a guy like that. I think that win at the Greenbrier did a lot for Kevin Na. He hasn't won since 07. And the guy wins that tournament by a long shot, Just dominates. I just think it does a lot for his confidence. It takes a weight off his shoulder. He's been at Carnoustie. He's on social media. He's so weird as hell on social media. But he's on social media. He's been at Carnoustie prepping. I just think this is an interesting spot for Kevin Nott. I could see him being very low on. So those are a couple of GPP plays I like.
1: Okay. All right. I'm all right there.
0: My cash lock is Poulter. I think Poulter's easy. Is, is that your Who's your cash lock?
1: Um... In seven K range, yeah, I think I think Webb Simpson and, and Brandon Grace, those are my two right there.
0: Okay, interesting. I'm gonna go Poulter and ZJ. I think Zach Johnson's a good play. Um, I think it's a very interesting play. I, I like Zach. He's you know he's always played the John Deere the week before. He's got a tremendous Open Championship record and, and in, in the last five years made not hasn't missed a cut with four top 25s, obviously one a few years back at St. Andrews in a playoff against Leishman and Usti in good form. I mean, came out of nowhere the deer to finish very well on Sunday. So I think ZJ's a lock. I think Poulter's a lock in cash. Now this should be interesting, Pat, because there are a lot of players here. You're going to have to make some decisions. I want three... Fades three fades. Put a flag in the ground and fade three players for me.
1: Oh man, so this is this is tough because you asked for this and I was I was I'm I'm I don't know, but there are three guys that I think I'm gonna fade this week, and some of this is mostly ownership and 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 what I think that I think there's gonna be some people that are gonna gravitate towards these guys, and I just don't want to play play them at all. Um, first off is Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Mm. I think he is a fade this week. I think he's going to be higher owned than I'd like to see him. I know he's a, a fantastic player, um, but I just don't... I Great don't,
0: biceps, by the way, on the guy. Yeah, yeah, you well
1: know, I know you, you like flipping at all that biceps. And <laughs> also, um... <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that I think you need to fade, and and that's I think an easy fade. He's he's coming off an injury, you know, he withdrew from the John Deere Classic with a what we think was a shoulder injury, but I'm sure he's going to try to battle through whatever. And I know he's got great recent form. He's a guy that if if he would have been in good health, I think would have been a, a great player and a guy that I would have been gravitating towards trying to play this week but because of the injury and everything like like that i think that's just an easy fade for me also luke list luke list is a guy that is just a darling when it comes to any pga mm. tour event week in and week out but when it comes to majors he just doesn't have a whole lot of experience we just haven't seen it there um so i feel like luke list should be a complete fade for you i mean look at like Fairways gain, so driving accuracy. He is 116th in the field. He is in the middle of the pack as far as bogey avoidance. So I think Luke List will be another fade. He's right there at 7,500 on DraftKings, right in that middle range there. So he will be another fade for me.
0: Completely agree on Bryson and Luke List. I think List just not having the experience and getting a little bump for being a DFS favorite. Is a good reason to fade him, Bryson. The shoulder injury looked real. I watched him work through the shoulder. I was watching PGA Tour live when he was like when he felt a little twinge in the shoulder. Now I'm sure he got it worked out. All this stuff, blah blah blah. And maybe you'll want to play him because of that, as because he's going to be low owned. Whatever. Still not a fan. Not a fan of the lack of experience at Open Championships. I'm, I'll just I'll, I'll stay away from that. It's going to be harder for me to avoid a guy like Rafa. Um, right now, he's not a player I've really made a firm decision on. But you know, I, I could see me playing a little bit of Rafa. I always like him. Uh, has played well at the Scottish, in the, or uh, yeah, at the Scottish in the past, and uh, plays well on courses like this. Uh, of my three fades, one of them I wrote down was Bryson, and I think you're right. That's kind of an easy one. I'm gonna give you two tougher ones, and one is Tony Finau, and that is strictly ownership. I I will just go ahead and say it. I think it's ownership. I I think I think Finau eats up a lot of ownership at seventy-two hundred dollars. It's a tremendous value for him. If you really just want to play him, go ahead and play him. If you want to play him in cash, go ahead and play him. If you want to play him in GPPs, I would suggest you be tremendously overweight. I think you need to be. Yeah, I think Finau could come in at. 18 to 20 percent. So you, you need to be 35, 40 percent on him. Uh, if you ask me, I'll go with the fade. He does play well at major championships. He does play well at hard courses, but you know, limited uh, limited Open Championship history. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he's played he's played in two and done quite well. I mean, made both cuts, one top 25 but can be volatile. We know we can. So I'm talking myself into that one, but it's purely an ownership fade. Now, my next one is more of a fade in statistics, all that stuff. $7,900. Terrell Hatton, I think is a fade. Now, Terrell has has played, played better here lately, played well at the, uh, uh, at the Scottish. She finished tie for sixth at the open, uh, the U S open um so you know he is in good form he's had a great year so far finished ninth at the scottish so his, his form is tremendous form is really good he's played really well at the alfred dunhill link so I'll, i'm giving you all the reasons why you should play him uh which is probably not not what i should do but when i look at just some of the stats it's just it's not it's not great it's just not great he doesn't check the box, even on the European tour. He's not checking the box in three-putt avoidance. He's not checking the box in sand play. He's not checking the box in scrambling. He doesn't check the box in driving accuracy, all on the European tour. So I just I think it's 79, I would rather have Poulter. Um, I'd rather have Russell Knox down there. I'd, I'd rather have Matt Kuchar
1: in that kind of area. So Terrell Hatton is my third fade. Thoughts there? Hatton, wow, yeah, I think Hatton's. Uh, I just don't like him anyway. He I think he's
0: hilarious. I love the person. No, I, think he's I don't great. like him. I don't okay. like his
1: personality at all. I think it's well, that's lame. You don't like having fun. You don't like laughing. The dude's freaking no, hilarious. I think he's a little bit of a jerk. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to play.
0: <laughs> You're just. So How many vodkas have you had?
1: You had a lot of vodka. A few, but I just don't like his. I just don't like him. He's not a big. <laughs> big <fan. laughs> All right, any other guys in
0: the 7K range that you could see yourself warming up to or having some exposure to? Because this is a big range. I want to make sure we hit that.
1: Um, I feel like I mentioned all the guys that I really yeah. like. You yeah, know, one of the guys that I think has been sort of popping a lot lately, especially on the European tour, is uh, Thor Bjorn Olsen. He's down mm-hmm. there at the bottom of that 7200 range. He's not going to check a lot of boxes for you. He is a great putter, though. He is literally one of the best putters in this field. So I think that, you know, Olson could be a guy that you'd look at. Um, Other than that, did we mention it? I don't know. I kind of tuned out for a little bit from what you were talking about. But Andy Sullivan is a guy at 7,200. I think he's a great play there at that very bottom range. He's, again, one of the greater putters in this event and uh greater putters <laughs> <laughs> and he's been playing really well though lately he's he's had a lot of top tens here in his last few events so i do like andy sullivan
0: hmm. yeah i'm out on sullivan um i'm just i don't i'm not i'm not a believer i think russell knox you mentioned russell knox i like knox I like Matt Kucher. I think he could be overlooked a little bit with everybody loving on some Russell Knox. You
1: asked me guys that were sort of friends type guys that are like, no, you didn't like say like take uh, the guys that are top fifty in the world like Matt Kucher and whoever else. Like you asked me for some sort of you know friends type picks that I could take. So why don't you step out a little bit and not go with Zach Johnson, Matt Kucher, Tony Finau? Or people I like didn't that. pick
0: Tony Fee now. I faded him. Check the tape,
1: dickhole. No, I, know I didn't you ask you for fringe Finau, players. But give me a guy like, the, give me one of the, this, if, if you're talking the 7K range, there's like 100 guys here. Give me a guy who could be a flyer pick for you.
0: I gave you Keegan Bradley and Kevin Nah.
1: Those aren't flyer picks? Are
0: you, you are mental right now. I don't know how many, how much Tito's you've had, but I would suggest you stop. Because you're gonna go to bed, your wife's gonna smell it all over. You, you're you gonna get dry spell. Two K. 18 Are you kidding
1: me with those? You're like, freaking mental. Hey, look, we got Danny Willett. We got you know Ha Tong Lee. You still got- can't pronounce
0: Danny Willett's name right? You say yeah. Danny Willett like it's like a like uh, like some sh- like that's a, it's like a stripper name.
1: There's so many people down here, and you're gonna give all these mainstream names. Give us a name. That nobody knows about. Okay,
0: I got you in the six k. Is that okay? Can I do that in the six k? Okay, or do I, do I have the to 6K. do that.
1: I'm gonna let you start the six k since you made me start like every other range that was out there.
0: Dude, here we go. We've gotten a grumpy Pat here. By the way, I yeah, all right. We've gotten a grumpy Pat. Um, okay, let's let's go down. Let's go down the six k then. All right, six k range three GPP favorites. I'll start. Obviously. Now, my, my, my GPP favorites, I'm going Russell Henley, Ryan Moore, and Charles Howell. I think those are locks. Don't care the ownership. I think they're locks. Maybe Ryan Moore gets a little less ownership just because he's, he's kind of, he's kind of uh, disappointed a little bit. Uh, here lately, uh, just this past week or so, I think he, he didn't, he was he 55th of the John Deere. I don't think people were too keen on that. But uh, I like Ryan Moore here. And, and Charlie Howell, I, I, uh, Ryan Moore, Charles Howell, and Russell Henley, I looked at ball flight. Um, All three of those guys Low ball hitters on the PGA Tour Decent open championship record Ryan Moore made three of his last five cuts With one top 25 here Um, So I, I think There's there's some decent history there Charles hadn't got to play a whole lot Although I think he should have But he hadn't got to play a whole lot And no, not many people are hotter than Russell Henley right now Like Russell Henley from a stat perspective Checking all the boxes So Um, And I was a little surprised at his fairways gain number. I've always thought of Russell Henley as a little bit erratic. In the last 12 rounds, he is 10th in fairways gained. 5th in approach, 27th in scrambling, 30th in bogey avoidance um, over the long term, and 1st in bogey avoidance over the last 12 rounds. So Henley is my favorite, and he'll. I'll go ahead and spoil alert, he's my cash lock in the 6K as well. So I like Russell Henley. I, I wouldn't go, I mean, if you're going to talk cash locks in the 6K, I wouldn't play too many guys in the 6K in cash to begin with. But if you're going to, I think you played Russell Henley. So Henley Moore, Charles Howell III, who are your three GPP?
1: Well, I'll start off with Henley. He is actually my cash lock as well. I think he is. There you go. Total agreement. Fantastic play here and should be a cash lock. A guy that always seems to kind of come under, you know, under the radar a little bit. So I do like him. From a GPP standpoint, I love Grillo. Emiliano Grillo. He is, uh, you know, just checking every single box for me. He is third in driving accuracy, 17th in ball striking, 16th in bogey avoidance, fifth in putting. So a guy that is just, he should be, I don't know. I feel like he, he could also be a cash play, but I love him as a GPP play. So Grillo will be one of those guys. Also, Van Ruyen. Is that how you say that? Van Ruyen?
0: Probably not if you're saying it.
1: But I like him. He's got great, EVR. great recent form. He's made nine of fourteen cuts or nine of his last fourteen cuts. Three top tens this year. So I do like him as well. So that will be and you know what? My last guy is gonna be Lahiri, who you just never seem to get on board with. But I think he's obviously hmm. been in good recent form. Kinda he like should Keegan be able to play you. this course well, so I like some anerbon Lahiri as well. So those are my, you yeah, know, those are my GPP plays and my cash play right there in the six K range.
0: All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you uh, my fade is Emiliano Grillo, and wow, it's kind why? Of, why would it's, you fade Grillo? Okay, it's a, it's just like Tony Finau. I'll give it to you. He does check all the stat categories. But like Fenal, you know, he's only played in two Opens, so little, you know, little limited. Uh, missed the cut in one, finished top, tw- tied for twelfth in 2016. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open recently. Grillo definitely a little, uh, a little temper on on Emiliano Grillo. So I, I could see. I mean, he did like chuck a club in the water last year at some course. I can't. I think it was or maybe that was two years ago at Doral. Anyway, a little bit of temper on the Argentinian Emiliano Grillo. So I think temperament is one thing, but he is egregiously underpriced. I mean, he, he is a value for sure. And if you want to play him in cash, I'm not mad at you for that. I think that's fair. So the only reason for the fate on Grillo is, uh, is ownership and temperament. That's all I can give you. So there you go. Who's your fate?
1: Oh, gosh. My fade. Um, I mean, why are you just having to think
0: about this? Because I, I said we were going to ask for the fade. No, uh, but I hadn't. Had specifically, it. I said chalk fade, which is why I picked Emiliano Grillo, because he's going to be chalk.
1: Why do you think he's so many chalk, though? Are you freaking kidding me? He's $6,800. It's a Emiliano
0: Grillo. You talk about a DFS darling. Grillo, people love Grillo. What planet are you on right now? Planet Tito's right now?
1: Well, no, there's other guys in here, like Jimmy Walker's right there at
0: Oh, please, Grillo's going to get...
1: You got Kevin Kisner right there at 6,900. Oh,
0: yeah, everybody's going to play shit-form Kisner. What what ownership do you think Grillo's going to be? What, what what percentage owned do you think Grillo's going to be in most GPPs? In the uh, milli, what do you think he's going to be?
1: I would say probably like 6%. <laughs>
0: Uh, maybe we can get a prop bet on my bookie. I I would. What do you spend, think he's going to be? I would spend my more, I would spend everything I own on the over on six percent. I guarantee you, in the millie,
1: in the millie, he is ten percent to fifteen. Okay, well, the guy I would actually fade in this range at at six thousand seven hundred is Charles Howell. I think he's probably going to be way too. Oh.
0: I cannot believe that.
1: So there you go. Just
0: because of the ownership?
1: Yeah, I think just because oh. the ownership <laughs> hasn't particularly fared well and opens in the past. So I would think he'd be a guy, I would think.
0: So do you think he's going to be, uh, so, all right, so what's his ownership going to be? What do you think his ownership's going to be?
1: Well, What is it? W- w- are we talking Millie Maker or what?
0: Yeah, yeah, Millie Maker. What do you think it's going to be?
1: I don't know,
0: like 10%. <laughs> so you're going to fade him. You're going to fade this guy because of ownership at 10%. <laughs> Earth to Pat, are you there? <laughs> what? what? Wait,
1: say that again? Ask that again?
0: So you think? do you think that's high? Do you think 10% is high for Charles Owl right now?
1: Yes, I think that's too high for him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you that Emiliano Grillo is higher on than Charles Howell. In the Millie. No, there's no way. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. All right, we're going to send my bookie. We don't know this for a fact, people, but we are going to send my bookie a request for a prop bet on who is higher-owned. Why
1: do you think Grillo is going to be higher than Charles Howell? Why? In
0: the Millie Maker. In the Millie Maker, why? In the Millie, Grillo or CH3. Charles Uh, Howell,
1: the guy that is literally literally whatever if you're like checks boxes <laughs> makes cuts whatever
0: i am writing this down right now higher i cannot wait to to text our friend at, at my bookie <laughs> to set this up this is gonna be amazing um anyone else in the 6k you want to mention because we're an hour and 45 minutes in this podcast no i got Anybody no else?
1: i do not want to talk about any other 6k guys <laughs>
0: All right, I told you I would give you one flyer because you made fun of me. At $6,500, Grant Forrest. 6500 Grant right, Forest. you pr- know
1: what? Here's the thing. You're talking about this guy because he, like, what was it, the British amateur where he was, like, he won here, right?
0: No, he was a runner-up in 2015 yeah, for the British so that's, that's Am- just, yeah, He's from Scotland. Yeah, that's an obvious pick. Oh, so obvious. I'm sure so many listeners are just like, Oh yeah, Grant Forest. Sure. Please. You're you're all right. So what's our prop you be? We got that
1: information from somewhere else and it's just so yeah, yeah. We know that yeah. I I know where it's coming from, but whatever. <laughs> well, all right,
0: what's our prop bet gonna be? On
1: what? I feel like
0: We gotta have a prop bet for my bookie. I think Keegan Bradley is a guy I want to stand behind because you were pretty adamant against Keegan.
1: I'm totally against Keegan. So what do you want me to
0: do? Well, give me a guy. I mean, Lahiri. I'm I'm kind of against Lahiri. Do you think Lahiri is going
1: to be better than Keegan? No. What? 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 What are you trying to trap me into right now? What are we talking about? What's the bet? The bet is for the, for, it's our, it's our bet, like our,
0: our weekly, like our, our bet that we do. Like, so if I, if, if Keegan plays better, then you have to do
1: something. And if
0: Lahiri plays better, then I have to do something.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to go with, if you're going with Keegan, then I will go with, um, like, you're trying to choose my player for me. I mean, look at what you're doing. Like, you're trying to trick everybody and just try to, like, (laughs) choose my player. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, then who would you like to choose, sir?
1: Um, Danny Willett? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go with Danny Willett or whatever F you want to call him. <laughs> um, I'll go with, um, I'll take Ian Poulter. No, hell no, I ain't doing that. I love Ian Poulter. Okay, I well, you said that. take a bet.
0: Okay, well, I'm not making that bet. Give me another one. Give me a counter to that. So what, not, what I, is the bet? I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Who finishes higher? Who finishes better in the tournament? Because my bookie is going to do a prop bet for this. So who finishes better in the tournament?
1: You pick you a player. Hegan? I'm going well, with I Thor. Mean, I, I'm going with Thor, Bjorn, Olesen. Oh,
0: sh- I will take that bet. There we have it. There it is. So the last prop bet of the evening, MyBookie will have a bet out, a tournament matchup. Thorborn Olison, which is Pat's guy, versus Keegan Bradley, my guy, best finish for the Open Championship. Go on MyBookie.ag. Make that bet. Are you Team Pat or are you Team DB? Hey, take a screenshot of your bet and tweet it out. We'd love to see what you got. But that's happening. Now, Pat, you and I also have talked about this ahead of time. And we haven't talked about who the player is, but we've talked about the fact that we're going to have a bet. And I think that whoever loses the bet should have to do some sort of punishment.
1: Okay, fine. Now,
0: I, Sounds good. So what, what, what? So if Thorborn beats Keegan,
1: what, sh- what am I going to have to do? So if Thorborn beats Keegan, when we are at the uh, Ryder Cup, in just a, a few months here, in the end of September, on one <laughs> of the days that we are there, you have to be my butler. <laughs> and you have to get me a drink whenever I want to drink. Oh. And I don't care when it what it is. It could be the most dramatic point of the Ryder Cup. If I say, David, I need a beer, you have to go get me one dude i will be in line at the beer thing the whole freaking time yeah well there that's what happens so you better accept the bet or not i'm not a big fan of this bet
0: yours is way worse than mine way worse i'm not happy with this
1: well you said you asked me to come up with a bet and that i need to be serious about this so i did and so there you go so when we're at the Ryder cup and I asked you, hey, David, I need a beer. Now, this is only for one day. It's only one day of the event. It's not all all days of the event. So just one day. But that one day, you have to go get my beers when I request them.
0: <laughs> That's so freaking jacked. Uh, props for the creativity. That's way worse than what I thought of for you. <laughs> That's way worse. All right, well if if I win, if Keegan beats Thorbjorn, Thunderbear. You got like a guy who's like a care bear on the side. If Keegan beats Thorbjorn, then you have to video bef- you have to video by the time you get back from vacation. So before you're on the next podcast in 2 weeks. You have to video yourself doing the Kiki challenge dance from Drake, the Shiggy. That's what you have to do. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what the hell is that? <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. Hey, listeners, send me videos of that so I know what the hell that is. <laughs> it,
0: it's only like three or four steps, and then you freestyle the rest. But it's it's to a new song on Drake's new album, and it's like taking over the internet. It's like the, it's like the new dance thing that everybody's doing. And it's the Kiki or the Shiggy or whatever you want to call it. But I'll show it to you. Our listeners can show it to you. But if, if Keegan wins, you have to video yourself with the music doing the Kiki as best you can. Learning, like, you have to like try to learn the steps, try to get it right, and you have to do the dance at least 30 seconds. The video has to be at least 30 seconds of active. Pat Perry dancing. Okay, I like that.
1: This so, is have you accepted my? Deal? Yeah, I
0: freaking yeah! I'll accept. I'll accept. I will not do this on Sunday, though. I'm not doing it on Sunday. The Ryder Cup. I'll do it on Thursday or Friday. I'll do it on Friday. That's my stipulation.
1: <laughs> well, it can't be Thursday because that's when we arrive in Paris. Okay, I'll do it on Friday. I'll do it on Friday. So I will. I will concede this. You, it's on Friday. Out of the Ryder Cup, you have to get me whatever I want when I want (laughs) it. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. The last thing we need to do, Pat, is one and done. Uh, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, Basically in the one and done over on Gup's corner, I am $200,000 behind you. I'm going to take Tommy Fleetwood. It's a guy I haven't taken yet. I believe Tommy Fleetwood is going to win this golf tournament or can win. And at least top five this is a big tournament, big payday for the one and done folks out there. so I'm taking Tommy Fleetwood. what you got?
1: well I am uh, I'm with you there. I do like some Fleetwood. I do not have him available, but I do have two guys that I feel like I've saved in into the right spots so it's gonna it's between Rory and Ricky Fowler for me because I went back and looked at it and I still have both those guys available. I'm going to take Ricky Fowler. So Ricky Fowler is going to be my one-and-done pick this week.
0: Well, I could have messed you up because I I also have Ricky Fowler available, and it was between Fowler and Fleetwood. So I could have said Fowler and really screwed you up, but good thing. All right, there you go. There you have it. A long podcast, but it was a good one, highly entertaining. If you stuck around this long, we appreciate it. You You are awesome. We appreciate you. Pat. You need to go to bed, and I would recommend you not touch your wife. Just roll over and be a good boy, all right? (laughs) Enjoy your vacation next week. May your screens be green, Pat, and may your screens be green, everybody else out there. Next week, mystery guest with me on the show for the RBC Canadian, Pat, back in two weeks. Tour Junkies.
1: See ya! Out!
0: Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only.